What if you know how to run better, but you don't really know how to run better? In other words, how do you learn to become a better runner or how do you teach other people to become better runners? Both of these are intertwined and very interesting. And we're going to talk about that today on this episode of the Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want to know the truth about what it takes to, well, have a happy, healthy, strong body starting feet first, because you know those things are your foundation. Um, we break down the propaganda, the mythology, sometimes the outright lies that you've been told about what it takes to run or walk or hike or play or do yoga or CrossFit, whatever it is you like to do, and to do that enjoyably, efficiently. Did I mention enjoyably? It's a trick question. I know I did, because look, if you're not having fun, do something different until you are, because you're not going to keep doing it anyway if you're not having a good time. Um, I'm Stephen Sashen from ZeroShoes.com, the host of the Movement Movement podcast. And we call it that because we're creating a movement that involves you in a really simple way. I'll mention it. No, no obligation, no money required. Uh, but it's about natural movement, helping people rediscover that using your body naturally is the obvious, better, healthy choice, the way we currently think about natural food. Now, the part that involves you is really simple. Just spread the word. If you find this interesting, just you know, share it with other people. You can go to our website, www.jointhemovementmovement.com. You'll find all the previous episodes, all the places you can get the podcast, every place that podcasts can be gotten, as well as all our social media channels. And of course, you know what to do. Like and share and leave a review and give us a thumbs up wherever that's appropriate or hit the bell icon on uh, YouTube to be alerted to upcoming episodes, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, if you want to be part of the tribe, please subscribe. Okay, let's get in. Valerie, first of all, hello and tell human beings who you are and what you do. Um, hi, happy to be here. So I am Valerie Hunt and I, I'm that person. I teach the running. I teach people the how-to part of running. And I've been doing that now for, um, well, I've been a trainer for about 31 years and I got involved with teaching running about 20 years ago. So I've been kind of specializing in the running for that point, from that point forward. So I mentioned to you in in the email where um, I introduced ourselves myself to you. Yeah, that's the way of putting it. Um, that I had a, a conversation with um, Dr. Nicholas Romanoff the other day. He yeah. was sitting right over there. Um, we had way too much fun together. Um, and I know one of the things that you've been doing is teaching pose method running. Yeah. So I'm just curious if you can talk about sort of you know in your teaching how that's evolved, like what you've been doing, what if you gotten when you got involved with pose, how that influenced what you're doing, what's happened since. Because I have a fondness for asking people like like doctors. I'll ask them questions like, um, how much of what you learn in medical school is what you actually do on a daily basis? And they go, sure, oh, like, yeah. 10%. So right. you know, as people learn to teach things, I know it evolves and changes and you learn new things from, you know, Nick is one has one perspective, but you being in the field has a, gives you a whole other perspective. And that's why I was so dying to talk to you. Well, and this is really fun. So I started my life at Gold's Gym, teaching aerobics and doing personal training in 1990. So Knew nothing about running. Um, I went to UT Austin. I'm a kinesiology major, nutrition minor. So I was studying the body and movement, you know, and we were the first graduating class to be a bachelor of science instead of graduating to be like, um, it used to be under, you were going to be a PE teacher and had no other choice. So it's when they started making the change into movement, not just like teaching non-movement, if you will. So that was kind of an exciting time. And anyway, when I graduated, I got my job and I was doing a lot of aerobics instructing. Back then you taught like, you name it. Like I taught it all, high impact, low impact, kickbox, boot camp, you know, all the, all the fitness classes. Well, I lived in Austin and everybody was getting into triathlons and I'd never done a triathlon. And this group of women said, we'd love to hire you to teach us to do a triathlon. So I said, sure. <laughs> Sounds so fun, right? 
So you, I got you, you just need to be one chapter. Ahead. Yeah, there you go. You just need to be yeah. one chapter ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. I went and bought a book. And, you know, back then it was all about getting certifications. This is again, 19, like the, my, this is like in the early, this is now late nineties. I graduated. I had a job. So I found this book on how to train for triathlon. And for the first time ever, I saw how to teach or learn how to run, not really teach. And I was like, I blown away because I thought you just ran, right? You are not the only one. Yeah. So I was very fascinated with it. And so, but the book just had a little bitty blurb with like one sentence about pose. And it just said, try to use your hamstring when you run and pull your foot. Basically the book had like talked to Dr. Romanoff. So anyway, I took that book and I took that thought and I really liked it. And I continued and I went and I found the pose book. And then I just felt like it wasn't enough to learn from the book. And there wasn't, I wanted to get the certification. So this is so funny because it's so long ago. I called the number back then in the back of the book and his wife answered. And she was like, yeah, sure. We'd love, you know, for you to learn to teach. So I was one of the first students to just work with him to learn to teach running. Like I'm not an athlete. I didn't, I wasn't learning for me to become, you know, some kind of athlete. I'm like, no, I teach group fitness and these people want to run and I don't want to just take them running. I want to know how to run. And so he was so impressed that I had that desire because when he first met me and now you've met him, he is brilliant. His mind is just amazing. Right. But the words he was using and and not even just his, his accent, but just, I'd never heard the words he was using. And this is before the internet. Right. So he's saying things like, gravity and falling and unweighting and all these words. And I was like, right, but what muscles do we use? (laughs) Right. I was so stuck in that same frame of reference, like every other trainer, when we were like teaching people body parts, not that the body itself is the part, like your whole body works together. And this is great with, by the way. So anyway, I've been with him ever since we're going on about 18 years together. Uh, He's my teacher And I see him at least once a year because you never stop learning from him. And our main difference, I'll say this, one is, yes, he's worked so much with elite athletes. He's the creator of the content. He sees the science and the reason, you know, it's just phenomenal what he does. And then I take it to like the the average runner. Right. And I try to, it's very challenging in this way because it's a theory and it's so simple but you can make it really complicated. Or if you listen to him, sometimes people get lost in the beginning because, you know, he's quoting all these authors and this old research and don't you get it? And you're looking at him like, I have no idea what you're saying. You know, the first time I met him, I was like, you're saying, I don't know. (laughs) I just want to (laughs) run. And so I feel like what I do is I kind of bring it uh, to the regular runner, the person that just wants to enjoy, like you're saying, enjoy my run. I want to be able to walk out the door and go running and maybe train for an event, maybe really train, like go race. But most of all, how can I finish my run? And I feel good about running. And, you know, and obviously where you come in with the minimalist shoes is that's, we've been talking about taking the cushions off for years. Yeah. Well, so I want to, for people who didn't necessarily listen to the episode I did with Nick, where they'll hear more about what pose is, and I, but I want to hear it coming out of your mouth as well. Because sure. I know I've been, I've done a number of things where I learn something from someone, then I go out in the field and teach it. And even if you try to keep it pure, 
you're going to find your own little thing, not necessarily because you're trying to add your spin, but because you're having a different experience with a different type of human being that you're dealing Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Yes. Oh so my gosh. You know what pose is in a sec, but I'd love to right. hear you talk about just what evolved for you or what you've noticed as you've done it. That's that especially that makes what you're doing a little different than the way it started or different than the way, you know, Dr. Romanoff might do it. Okay. Well, I'll say this, and this is a big thing. And, and because of in the web has been huge. So most people, unfortunately, will take like a one day clinic, you know, or something like that. And yeah. so in that one day clinic or a few hours, you can get across an idea, right? And you can help someone maybe feel. The challenge, though, is just exactly this, what you said. We all have a different experience. So how can we all share the same experience of running? Even though we're going to run at a different pace, you and I may not ever run the same speed or distance or even terrain, but we all want to feel what running itself feels like. And that is the fall. It's the gravity aspect. And this is really interesting because I tell people this with full honesty, that it took me probably a full year and even longer to actually fall because of my own one, my misunderstanding of what falling is and being so stuck in action. And so, for example, I always say to people, kids are much easier to teach because if you tell a kid to fall, they'll literally throw their body down, right? <laughs> you had a, or on, like you, if you've never you're... been, if you've never road cycled, like the first time I started teaching triathletes to road cycle, and I always have moms and women, and that's who I am. We'd never clipped in on a bike before. Right. We're all scared of riding a bicycle and we'd all ridden bicycles, right? But all of a sudden you're having a new experience. But then once you figure out how to clip in and how to shift your gears, then all of a sudden you're like excited for the experience. But it took a bit to get there. So the same with the falling, like we'll take people and we'll put them like on a rubber band, for example. And we're like, let go and free fall. And for just a second, you feel it. And then you want to replicate the feeling. Well, 99% of the people that I would work with, they would feel it in that second. But then when they went to go do their own run, they would lose the feeling. Mm. So how do you keep the feeling going? So I feel like that's where, by the way, Romanoff, Dr. Romanoff does have a series of drills that you right. practice. But, and this is, a, and by the way, he would, if he was here with me, he would be like doing this because <laughs> I love the drills because they help me to feel the feeling of running. Right. And when I take somebody, you know, he's working a lot of times with people that have been running their whole life. They're like professional runners. I'm working with someone that's like, I've never been a runner. I've never been what I consider an athlete and I just want to run. And so you're taking that person and then you're helping them not just experience running, but maybe they like they have no communication or awareness with their body itself. So I feel like I take them on the full journey. And this is funny, when I first started running pose, um, I struggled, by the way, with not the action of running, but the free fall, like it was just so just didn't sound right. I didn't understand it. But now I can say like, it's like when you're pedaling downhill, and you finally let go of the brakes, and you actually <laughs> let yourself go down the hill. Most people are hitting the brakes constantly, they have no idea. So then when they run, it's hard. It's like, 
the effort in running for them, unfortunately, becomes like, how much can they tolerate? Right. Right. And then the answer, of course, has been these shoes. And we're over here like, no, it's not the shoe. The shoe is, in fact, becoming your inhibitor. Right. If the, the more you disconnect from what you feel when you run, then you're not running anymore. And so we used to literally, we had a guy when I first started, by the way, with Pose, there wasn't minimalist shoes. Right. So we would buy like racing flats or we would buy like walking shoes even that were just made for fun, for funsies. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, as the shoes came out, we've seen, I know you have that, you know, we went from like the born to run, everybody put on their Vibrams and then all of a sudden they freaked out and went Hoga because they never went through that transition of the learning. And, you know, one thing a lot of physical therapists will say, and my physical therapist, when I first started doing pose told me everyone's feet out there are made of pudding. Like they have no strength in their foot. Yeah. And then they've been disconnecting in their run, like putting on the headphones or I'm only looking at my heart rate or my mileage. I don't really know about feeling. So I feel like I've been very fortunate because people that come to me are like, I don't have that. I'm not attaching myself to like, I am a runner. So I'm willing to open myself up to learning like a fitness class, you know, like. It's really interesting because um, how do I want to put this? First of all, one of the points you made, everybody thinks, well, you just run. They don't get there's a technique for doing it. No one would ever think, well, you just do gymnastics. You just do a flip. No one would even think you just play tennis. I mean, all you're doing is swinging your arm and hitting a ball for reasons that that are in many ways. Actually, there's a a weird version of this. Everyone thinks they can write. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. You know, there's some people who write better than others. You may be able to compose an email. Maybe, you know, you get some typos in there, but by and large, these things that people because you can do them, you think you just keep doing more of what you're doing. And very rarely do people try to get better at it. And even more rare is do people want to get better from day one when they haven't had any experience. So the fact that you're bringing that in is um, super interesting. You brought up a, I mean, the topic you mentioned repeatedly is falling. And for many people, um, I imagine that would be kind of confusing out of context. So let's back into, back our way into what Poe's method is. And really, since you brought up falling off and really talk about that, but I've got to tell you before we even do that, I said to Nick, I think the biggest problem that you've had in propagating this information is the word method, because then it seems like it it conflicts with that thing where everyone thinks they can run. It's like, well, I know how to run. I don't need some method for running. If instead he had identified it as, oh, we found the common factors that all successful, happy runners have. And just, I don't know what the other term would be, but it's like, here's the thing that makes running fun. Then yeah. people would have been all over it. But if it's like, oh, I got to learn some new thing. Are you kidding me? You know, I think that's part of the obstacle that people have run into. Well, I also think, well, one, he is kind of a professor. So he also delivers not, not the kinda, message. Not kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is one. But you're right. And, and the bummer is this, like, when people hear that word, just, I think you're completely right. And they think, right, I have to learn something. And then it's taking the fun out a little bit, just like you're saying. Right. And our whole life, we've been told just go running. So anyway, having to kind of say, I'm learning to run, you're right. If there was a way to say, and, and by the way, I took it out of what I say. So like my thing is run RX, run pain-free. And 
because that's my goal for people, yeah. right? And if I said fall when you run, it would be like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and I will say this, and I'm very honest about it. I do an online course and it's 12 weeks. And the reason I do that is, and people say to me, oh my gosh, that's such a long time. Well, it takes almost that long to just talk to you, like for you to get okay with, I'm going to go out and experience gravity, but you're right. I feel like the more we can make that the aspect of running we're talking about, and it's free for everyone. See, that's the other thing that's so funny. When you actually talk to Dr. Romanov, you can feel the fun. Yeah. Like when he's out there doing the drills and talking about the falling and all of that, it changes so much. He wants you so badly to believe, not to believe, but to understand what he's saying. Yeah. So sometimes we get too caught up in the, um, you know, every, like if you read like uh, any running article and it sounds so, you know, official, like they talk about uh, contact, ground contact force and all these words. And I'm like, eh. you know, and you say to someone, you know what, if you can go out there and just look around and be like, I am literally going to let go and free fall. That's truly running. Mm. But to get someone there, you have to be like, you've got to open your mind a little bit and go back to being a kid. Like it is fun. And I just did a clinic for 120 kids on Zoom and I got um, 30 at a time. They were from eight to 12th grade. And it was so fun to watch because, you know, when they first come in, I seem a little bit goofy myself and the drills feel like dancing a little bit because you're in place doing it. And so there's giggling and whatnot. And then you see them shift to like, oh, and then the woman, the coaches told me when they actually went outside and felt it, they all were like, oh, this, you know, this makes more sense because they're not, they weren't, um, again, because they're students. So then they, they took me as a teacher, not just some crazy lady, right. <laughs> but you realize when you get people in a room and I don't know if you've ever done this, cause I don't know how you do stuff with your shoes. But if you get people probably even just doing hops, they're so self-conscious. Like when I show people just the balancing and pose or immediately they'll say, I have no balance. Right. Like they start telling you, I have tight hips or I have weak glutes or I have this. And you're like, no, you don't. Well, you know what it is? I have a thought about this and especially because I had this experience where Nick and his son Severin were here and they said, well, look, let's just show you, let's go out and videotape you running. And so I had two thoughts that went through my head simultaneously and I don't know which order they came. So it doesn't really matter because they bounced around and, you know, cycled. So yeah. one of them is I want to impress you. And the other is I don't want to look like a moron. And so, right. you know, that's the thing. I mean, the excuses, it's sort of like, so I was in a track meet on Sunday. And of course, what happens at the end of the race, people say, how'd you do? And my line is, do you just want the number or can I give you the excuses first? <laughs> yeah. We want to look good in front of other people. We don't want to look like idiots. Even if we're learning something brand new where there's no way you could be good at it, you right. still don't want to look like an idiot. You want to impress right. the other person. And so there's, and you simultaneously want to learn and you know, you're going to be a moron at first. So, yeah. you know, those conflicting thoughts, I think lead to things like, ah, I got this problem. Oh, I can't do this. Like it doesn't make a difference. So you'll get a kick out of this. And I told this to Nick. When I teach people how to run either in bare feet or in zero shoes, usually in bare feet, we'll go out into a field and okay. I'll say, remember like, you know, if we can find a two-year-old, it's really easy. It's like, take a look at their giant heads. And so if you look at the way they move, their giant head kind of falls in one direction and they try to catch up to their head, but they're not very good at it. So I want you to do that same thing. So like, let your head lead in some direction and try, but don't successfully catch up to it and don't do anything with your arms. Let your arms just flail and yeah. do it until 
they stop caring what other people think. Right. And you're then, right. It's like just, you know, other people will think you're goofy. They don't know who you are. They've right. never met you before. They don't know your home address. They've never gotten your email address. They don't follow you on Twitter. Just <laughs> And if they film you, none of your friends will see this. Close right. your eyes. They'll all go away. You know, that was sort of like the first exercise just to have yeah. fun and get used to this whole idea of not trying to be in control all the time. Right. Right. And, you know, it's funny. When I first started videotaping people the, before the iPhone was invented, so I would literally have to bring my video camera and then put it on a VHS tape, right. you know, and I had a, one of those TVs where you shove the tape in and then you pause it fast forward. Well, you know, back in the, in oh, those man. days, we'd never seen each other on video and certainly not moving. Yeah. And so the, when people first saw that, now you see yourself as so normal, right. but I'm telling you, but, but you're right. That all of that is still there. And especially because I had women, they were like, Oh my gosh, that's what I look like. You know what? And so I had to really get into like, you look very cute. Your outfit's amazing. <laughs> we're like, we're just looking at your movement. And it was really hard in the beginning for them. You think about that, especially people that are trying to use running to lose weight, or yeah. they're already like you're saying, like, I'm a back of the packer. I get a lot of people that say to me, I'm not a good runner. I'm a back of the packer. I've got bad knees. And then I'm like, well, let's do video. And then you're right. Their first response is like, oh, really? And I'm like, yes. Well, this is another interesting point, which is that no one has ever watched themselves on video and liked what they've seen. Correct. Ever. And so, Correct. I mean, I was looking at video from this race I did uh, on Sunday. And I, so I have this thing. It's really funny. I was thinking about it this morning. Back in my 30s, which is now way too long ago. Holy crap. I'm turning 59 this week. Um. I did a whole lot of breathing exercises and I realized that for most of my life, I had been holding my abdomen in, in some way, just everything was tense. I was a gymnast, you know, that's what you do. But all this time doing breathing exercise, when I run, and even if I just relax entirely, even though I'm at like 12% body fat, my abdomen sticks out and it looks like I've got this big belly. I don't, but it looks that way. And right. I'm watching that going, oh yeah, I hate that. But my next thought is, yeah, so what? I mean, I hate it, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and I'm totally looking at like, how many frames was I falling before I pulled my foot? Well, I look at that too, but I can't, <laughs> not, I can't not see what looks like, you know, well, but I'm, I'm practically I do, but pregnant. I'm, but I'm guilty also because I post daily videos. Right. You know, and I put myself out there every day and I'm really more checking than anything else my form because Absolutely. people are going to mimic me. And knowing that I really am cautious, but I'm telling you, people will... They, I get comments all the time. They're like, you have really stiff shoulders. Uh, your hips are a little bit, you know, and I'm like, and I'm like, started. I just turned 50. And I'm like, the fact that I still move as well as I move, I'm pretty, <laughs> I think well, it's great. I'll warn you about something though. So I'm turning 59 in a couple of days and I was at this track meet on Sunday and the number of people who told me that I was an inspiration, well, I, I, know. I wanted to punch them all. Like when did I, I become old enough that I'm an inspiration? That is not okay right. for me. <laughs> No, but it, it does, though, for me anyway, lend some credibility, like to be able to Absolutely. say, I've been doing this now for over 20 years Yeah, is a good thing to be able to say. But then sometimes I'm like, wow, that is a long time. And <laughs> but I'm like, I wouldn't still be doing it if I didn't see the value in it. Right. You know, I certainly am not. I mean, and, you know, I also used to tease Dr. Romanoff that like, why did you have to call it pose? Like no one wants to be a poser. You know, but right, right, right. 
And, you know, for him, he was directly translating from Russian. Right. And it's the same thing with the post-fall poll. So I think you're right. There, there, there went a little stigma with these methods, you know, and doing things right. But one of the things that I'm, I'm sure you, you must get this all the time is because we talk about pulling up from the ground and everyone's stuck on landing. Right. So you know? let's let's use this moment to dive into what quote pose method is. Okay. Um, and I might interrupt you to break down certain bits, you know, really, really specifically. So I'll let you begin and then I will no doubt rudely interrupt. Okay. So pose itself is every movement has an optimal pose, meaning like if you're going to throw a ball, you know, you'll see someone rear back, right? And then there's a right way to do that pose in relation to movement. So with pose, the pose itself is also called the figure four. And Dr. Romanoff, when he was researching running, and by the way, the reason it all started with him is because he was a high jumper. He was not a runner, a distance runner. And so when he got, basically he was doing his PhD, but they asked him to teach the track and field guys. And he said, well, where's the manual? And they said, there's no manual. So he said, well, what's the standard? How do you, how do you measure these athletes? And they said, well, you, with a clock, whoever runs the fastest is the winner. So he said, well, what if they want to run faster? And they said, yell, run faster, <laughs> blow a whistle, shoot a gun, right? And which, by the way, is still used today, same method. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he, well, he didn't like that. He started filming people, elite runners, regular runners, animals, old people, young people. Long story short, what he realized is every runner runs through the running pose. There's a moment where your body's in balance. And that moment, your ears, shoulders, hips, lifted ankle all line up over the ball of the foot. All of us. This is why we love using video. But in that moment, your body is actually free falling. So your body is falling down. So for a moment there, if you do nothing and you just balance on your foot, you'll start to free fall forward. That's acceleration. And there's a point, all of us, we free fall past a point, we're going to face plant. So what's fun is those, you have 22.5 degrees, which I use, by the way, a pie chart, like a little pie to teach my runners, like you don't want to put your face in the pie. You still, you just get a sliver of pie when you feel it because it, we don't feel falling in the beginning until it's like we think we're supposed to be bending in our waist. So when you practice the running pose, you stand in that moment, you stand in that free fall moment and in that balance, and you literally let yourself fall from your midsection, from your center, and you pull your foot up from the ground. And it's a repeated cycle of pose, fall, pull. So let's, let, I'm going to do that rude interruption thing. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase as well. Yeah, yeah. So for any type of effective movement, efficient movement, or optimal movement, let's use that one, whether it's throwing a ball or something, there's going to be certain positions that a body will take. Now, right. one way of showing this that, um, that Nick and I did is if you, someone does a search, maybe I'll put this in the show notes for Usain Bolt slow motion. It's one of his races. I don't, it wasn't Berlin, which I happen to be at by the way. Um, and so wow. run the world record, which was super fun. But anyway, you can watch his running and you watch his form, but what's really interesting, you look at the other seven guys in the race and they have the exact same form. They're doing the right. exact same thing. So the better you get, the more optimal your 
body positions are as you're doing this activity. Now, there are some little idiosyncratic things, whether your foot turns out a little bit or blah, 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 but basically, you know, 99% the same. So there are these positions that you will take as you're going through, or you will, if you're freeze framing, you'll find these positions and um, some of them inevitably lead to the next. And it's typically, especially for something like running, it's a cycle. One leads to the next, leads to the next in a circle. So the first one, the pose, the one that sort of typifies running, I'm just going to kind of repeat what you said. So you're sure. on one foot, you're in mid stance, you have one foot on the ground, one foot is not on the ground. Um, and you're, it's like you said, it's a figure four, there's sort of an S shape going on as well. And if you've right. been, if you got to that position through running, not just by standing, the next right. thing that's going to happen is you're going to start falling over. Now, right. here's where things get interesting. So that's the fall part. That isn't something you can consciously do. It's just what happens. Um, and he and I talked about this, like as a sprinter, the, that phase of falling takes one four hundredth of a second. There's nothing you can do to make that happen. It's just going to happen. <laughs> right. That next part is the interesting one because most people think that what you're supposed to do is push off the ground. Most people think that you're supposed to do a thing called toe off. You're supposed to flex your, you know, point your toes. That's what right. gets you off the ground in part because of the design of the modern athletic shoe. I'm going to hold one up that has this thing called toe spring where you, because you're not using your foot naturally, it sort of forces the issue and makes you do this weird unnatural thing with your foot. So this thing of pulling your foot off the ground, which sounds so counterintuitive, like, right. what do you mean? I can't pull my foot off the ground. It's like, yeah, 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 you can. Well, I'm going to fall then. No, you're not because you're going to do this crazy thing with your other leg called stopping yourself from falling on your face. <laughs> right. And if you right. do it right, you end up when that other, when you've pulled that foot off the ground, you now end up in that pose again with your other foot on the ground. Did I get right. it? Yeah. Cool. That's exactly now, it. Now here's the really fun part that I really want to dive into. Let's assume that we've now gotten the gist of it. Right. So, Let's dive in a little more specifically than about how you teach people to do this thing that feels so weird to them. So that's when you use the drills. And honestly, it's, and it's interesting. And I'm, I'm going to say this again, because I do work with recreational runners. So for example, by the way, and you had mentioned um, CrossFit. So, you know, one of the things that's kind of fun, I, I coach CrossFit classes and I used to teach, well, pose is still the running for CrossFit, which is how I got connected. Right. And CrossFitters hate running. I mean, just hate it. I mean, that's a running joke in there. But anyway, so I introduced my runners to CrossFit. And when we first introduced it to them, they couldn't jump on a, the RX, women's are supposed to jump on a 20 inch box. Most of the women that I introduced, this was 11 years ago could not jump on a 20 inch box. So I bought a 12 inch box and I bought an eight inch box for my runners. So what we, what, and because why, because they don't train muscle elasticity. Mm -hmm. So this is a very big challenge in running because pushing is thought of because people push because they want to go up. Right. So like in jumping, you would push to go up. And then I was told the same thing, by the way, the very first time I went running, um, like for training for a race was in the early 1991, maybe. And I went to the shoe store and the guy said to me, you need to push off your back leg and reach with your front. And I mean, I'm a kinese major and it's interesting now when you, you know, it's called perception. I wasn't aware of anything else. Right. So here, this guy is a very talented runner telling me this, who's not any talent in running. 
So I'm like, absolutely. I'll go try that. I will get all the shin splints <laughs> 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 and, and things like that. But my point is that since we've, like you said, most of us aren't taught anything. So we mimic, but mm-hmm. the people that are taught are taught to push and it feels powerful. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that control. It feels like I'm in control when I'm pushing. And it's kind of like you said that, that little extra kick and these little, these little movements. So then when you teach someone to pull, that's why I use the drill so we can play with it in place. And if I can talk to you and help you feel something while we're in place, much easier to take it out and feel. But I'm telling you, most people have never done things like hops. Mm. And we teach things like hops because really that's what's happening in a sense when you're running. If you would learn to use muscle elasticity, your foot really does feel like it's popping up off the ground. Right. But if you've never experienced hopping or even rebounding or ever done a jump, how do you even feel that? And if someone's been running, say, like uh, wearing very thick shoes Mm -hmm. and just think about it, every time they take a step, their foot sinks. Think of how much more effort that is on them to try to get their foot up. Well, even they're like. Even more, you know, back up to this shoe, which is a generic running shoe um, yeah. with the elevated heel. Even if you're hopping well, you're not letting your Achilles work fully. Correct. So you're yes. not getting all that spring that's built in because yeah. the heel, the elevated heel is getting in the way. So right. that, that's another thing that people don't. It's so funny you mentioned this. My neighbor, and if she sees this podcast, um, I'll have to explain it. I saw her running yesterday and she's in a pair of hokas and she's a four foot runner. Now, let's backing up to something you said about shoes. Um, I like to say it's not about the footwear. It's about the form. It's just right. that certain footwear gets in the way of certain form. So right. she's been a pair of hokas. She's, you know, four foot landing, but in that shoe, the foam was so squishy that she's unstable with every step. And she's doing, I mean, things are happening with her ankle and her knee with every step because of all right. that foam. And she had right. no, has no idea. We're having dinner on Saturday and I'm trying to decide if I'm going to bring this up or not. Cause I don't want to be that obnoxious. Oh, you will. <laughs> Well, you know what, though? Here's an interesting thing. So, like sprinters, they have the most minimalist shoe or a spike. It's a hard bottom. Yeah. Look at that woman. Did you see she ran that? She broke the 10 meter 10K the other night, Mm -hmm. 29 minutes, right? And I I just, I want to say to the, the, the distance runners, guys, we have to take, look at the reality of like the people that are running the fastest that are putting, if you want to talk about ground contact and force, it's the sprinters. Yeah. And they're not putting rubber in there. They're not putting foam in their shoes. They're going the totally other way. We've got to stop separating running itself. And, you know, that's the challenge. So a lot of sprinters feel like jogging, jogging, or marathoning is such a different, they think it's a completely different event. Well, speaking as a sprinter, it is a completely different event, not because of the form, but just because of energy usage, just the way you process energy. So like, I mean, you know, my joke is I hear there's, what are they called at the end of the track? Turns, curves, something like that. Don't know how they work. Never used them. So (laughs) I am, someone told me that I'm afraid of the other side of the track because I don't use it. And I said, how can you be afraid of something that doesn't exist? I have no experience of this other side of the track you're talking about, but that's, but it's just an, it's just some people are wired for aerobic things and some people are wired for power. Right. I I guess my, my thought is more that people that run distance don't feel that they need to do as much training as part of their running. They believe if they just train the mileage, their feet will adapt. 
their body will adapt. Yeah. And what we see, what we've seen for 40 years of research, I know you already know this data, 85 to 90% are injured. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's, by the way, it's the same thing. It's, um, I'm sure you've talked to many people with running form. And, and I know over the last, gosh, like I said, I've been with Dr. Romanoff now for almost 20 years. And the challenge we have, of course, and you're right, you know, people will say, well, you're not, you didn't invent running. Well, of course I didn't invent running. Just like spinning teachers didn't invent cycling, you know, <laughs> but it's like, you want to make sure that if you are running, people are now way more open. I'll say this to at least if I, if you talk about like holding the line, like your ears, shoulders, hips in line, I think we can all agree that that's important, whether you're sitting, standing, running. So at least we can talk about, you know, that's what I always say to Dr. Romanoff. I, I talk because he, he gets it not upset, but he hates, like I say, running tips or, you know, like I, I'm, I do too many drills, but I'm getting people that don't have, like I said, if you don't have the ability to just simply use your own body weight, right. whether it's, you know, just a little bit of jumping even, because even though we are teaching you how to reduce impact in your run, running is still a very high impact sport. You're running. And well, so, well, let's clarify. It is a high impact event because, because, you know, your average runner is putting two to three times their body weight on the ground every time they do it. But the point is that we're wired to handle that impact. We're built Correct. to handle that. If you right. use your body correctly, it does, it's not a big deal. I mean, if right. you can, if you can just literally just jump from one foot to the other, that's about the same amount of impact. Nobody would think, well, I can't just hop from one foot to the other. It's like, well, then you can run. Right. But there's this right. weird thing in people's head where they go, my favorite thing is, well, I can't run because, you know, running hurts my knees. Like, well, you're just yeah. running correctly. Yeah. If you run correctly, yeah. it doesn't hurt your knees. Well, it's like, no, no. I mean, I had one guy, I was in a panel discussion um, and he said, all you barefoot runners think that if anyone gets injured, it's just because they had bad form. I went, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. end of story. It's like, well, but I mean, I mean, look, you know, sometimes things happen. Uh, muscles don't fire at the right rate. You know, there's things that can happen, but fundamentally, if you're, if right. you're getting hurt, you're doing right. something wrong that isn't required. It's not part right. of the equation. Running does not equal pain. Running right. does not require, you know, Achilles tendonitis or plantar fasciitis or knee pain or hip pain. And people have gotten so used to that though, with again, 50% of runners, 80% of marathoners getting injured every year that they think that it is right. because there aren't enough examples of people that, that we encounter on a daily basis who like me are an inspiration to people. Right. Well, <laughs> but you know, you say that, but well, a couple of things. One is We've made another shift is in um, running, especially in the recreational age group categories. Everyone's about just finishing. Right. And so you're in, you're in, you know, you're competitive. And so then there's more. So when you talk to people that are like trying to be in the front, they're usually more willing, you know, to try they're, something. They're willing to try anything. They're right. willing to do all manner of things that make no difference whatsoever because they're willing to do things that make no difference because the guy next to them is doing it and they're afraid that maybe it does make a difference and they're just too stupid to realize it. I'm not mentioning, you know, new super maximalist shoes from any particular company that rhymes with blikey. I'm just saying <laughs> that, you know, I mean, it's like when someone says, well, people are setting records in their shoes. Well, it's because everyone's wearing the damn shoes. It's not because right. of the shoes. It's because everyone's wearing them because they're all afraid that someone's going to get an edge. Yes. And then we're going to see those times they're going to level off right? because we know it. Yep. But the, my thing is though, that, and, and then of course the average runner will buy those shoes because of the magic. But I think that also like there has to be a way, 
I say this to my to people when they come into my membership because I usually get I'm the last hope when they come to me, and then they're like, "That's partly your responsibility if you're going to brand yourself as Run RX." You know, people don't go to the doctor for the fun of it; they go to the doctor. You know, it's the last. But I'm very honest though, because I'm like, "Give me at least twelve weeks." you know, to at least change your mindset on running, and then we work on changing the movement. But here's the fun thing. And, and if anyone's listening, you know, people are oh, like, hold oh, wait, either- me. Th- thanks so much. If anyone's no, listening. No, no, I didn't mean like that. <laughs> but by this point, I'm sorry. For, for, I, those, I, for I, those of you who are listening. <laughs> hey, you know how excited people are that I'm talking to you? I've already put oh. it out there. I had a pair of zeros and I did a bunch of videos in them. And then I, I yeah. And then I had them for like a year. And they're a lot of fun. I really enjoyed them, but I did mud them up and they're gone now. But I need to have a rotation in my shoes because I don't do a, a lot of racing anymore. I do just mainly recreational running, a lot of coaching. So I'm barefoot a lot because <laughs> I'm home. Um, but you, I just, <laughs> yeah. but just so you know, I've already talked to people because that's my number one question. Yep. What shoes should I wear? No matter what I say about running. So I will say, so I'm always advocating minimalist footwear, always. But I say to them, but you've got to take the responsibility of wearing them correctly. And people that think this is, this was really kind of what I was getting at. I have so many people when they come to me with their injuries or I just want to get better, then I always want to say to them, if you're willing to work from the bottom up, you know, if you're willing to start with the feet and I'm telling you, it's the conversation will shift. And if people that are like in a running group, for example, I'm like, you have to leave them until you commit, but like, go meet them for coffee after. Yeah. You know, and I'm a, and I love running groups. I I love running with other people, all of that, but there has to be a point where you have to say to yourself, I have to focus on me and my, and my, and my connection with running and to really truly free fall and feel what's going on. You have to like, take the watch off sometimes and take off the headphones and say to your friends, I need to run by myself for a minute. Yeah. Because what I see a lot of times is people are so, like I said, they go out and their mindset is just on the completion. Right. I'm going to get through it. I'm just going to get through it. And I'm like, you're actually missing the whole fun of the run because once you love running, you'll be that annoying person. <laughs> like the reason, the reason, more reason, honestly, the more reason that you're inspiring, it's not just your age, is that you truly come across like, I love what I'm doing. It's, and I uh, say that to people, like, I true. love running, just the act of running. Yeah, and so if you would disorder. find that. Well, you know, the framing of all of this is so interesting to me because if someone was in a car accident and they broke a limb and they were in a cast for eight weeks and then they come get out of the cast and they've got another two, three months worth of rehab, they would never think anything of it. It's like, that's what you do. If you say to them, we want to take that same amount of time, maybe even less and teach you to not get, you know, to not get broken in a car accident to begin with, they go, wait, but that what? It's like, yeah, here's the deal. If you get injured, you're going to spend time fixing yourself. We're going to make it so you don't get injured. Are you willing to spend the same time so you don't get injured that one time or any of the times thereafter? And for it's a mental accounting thing. It's kind of like if you win money and then you go spend the money, even though you have bills that you needed to pay, it's like, but it was free money. It's like, but you still have the bills that you need to pay. Right. And so that weird, that weird mental accounting thing that we do is part of it. And the other part to your point is like you said, that 12 weeks is just to get you familiar with it. 
But then right. it's a lifetime of continuing to find these little refinements and learning to listen. I don't like the, that phrase. Learning to develop the ability to attend to the information you're getting from your body so that you don't need a coach. You become a coach. Not even you become a coach. It's everything around you and in you the information is so screamingly obvious that you can't avoid it. Now, that said, I'm going to concede this point. If anybody finds a video of me online, um, preferably one running, not naked and doing something crazy that I don't know about, <laughs> you'll see that, I mean, since I met with Nick, and this was only a couple of weeks ago, um, same thing you do. It's like, I watch that video. It's like, how fast am I getting my foot off the ground? It's like, son of a bitch. You know, like it's the top, my undergraduate research was cognitive aspects of motor skill acquisition. I know what it takes to lay down new neural pathways, especially at the inspiration age of 59. And so I'm giving myself a bit of a, a bit of slack at the same time, a lot of pressure because I want to get this right. And so, you know, I, I just want to build that into the equation for people that this is not a one and done, like you said, a one day workshop kind of thing. But if you decide to give it that little bit of attention, to go through that bit of what we call frustration, which is just the experience of laying down new neural pathways, you know, the yeah. payoffs are huge. And they let you do something entertaining and enjoyable and, and obnoxious to all your friends um, for the rest of your life. And I mean, why not? Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I will say that, you know, one of the funnest things I have in doing this is when people like you're saying with the there are so many people out there that are suffering unnecessarily. Yeah. And they will say to me, I have tried it all, you know, and they've had I've had, you know, you name it. I've had a compartment syndrome, people that have had surgery. And when they find that, like I say, it's never too late because gravity is always with you. So I agree with you, by the way, as a running coach, I agree with what you said. The best part about learning correct movement is that when you do get, when your knee hurts, you know why? And you have a way to self-correct, even inside of the run. I'm like, imagine if you knew, wow, I can sense I'm doing it incorrectly, or I have a way to correct. I mean, it makes makes it a lot more well, fun. What's also interesting in what you just said is when people say I've tried everything, what they typically mean is I bought every product that someone suggested. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something that really is amazing is that we have just as a culture, this is not just about runner runners are running right. as a culture, thanks to the magic of really, really, I'll use this phrase, um, really smart marketers. And I mean that with both complimentary and pejorative terms or, you know, connotations attached to it we've come to the conclusion that the product is always the solution, that there's always something out there that all I need to do is buy it and it's instantly done. This is the problem that Vibram had. I, I had Tony Post on the podcast. Tony was the CEO of Vibram when Five Fingers came out. And we had that same conversation is the problem is everyone came to the conclusion, despite the fact that nobody was saying it from his side, that all you need to do is put on these goofy ass shoes that make you look like a gorilla and smell like one too, and everything's going to be instantly better. And that, that you know clearly is not the case. So, you know, we have this idea and the running shoe companies, the big companies, um, Big Shoe, aka BS, they have capitalized on this like there's no tomorrow. I mean, I right. say it's like the boy who cried wolf, except they're crying cushioning and arch support and motion. Right. And the difference is in the boy who cried wolf, the villagers eventually get smart. And in the running shoe world, the villagers keep buying the same, same non-solution year after year after year after year. And the shoe companies have never said, here's our new incredible cushioning. Sorry about that crap we've been selling up until now. <laughs> Right. Never say right. that part. Right. You know? so. And I will say though, I keep, you know, it's funny because we used to be like the the kind of the weirdos, right? The fringe people. What do you mean? In fact, what's 
when, <laughs> when Vibrant first came out, I lived in Austin and I did two talks at REI through them about bare, running barefoot yeah. and whatever. And it was so funny. People showed up barefoot like yeah. to the event. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then we kept, I kept saying to them, you know, again, I of course talked about pose and the falling and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When do we get the shoes? And I mean, they sold, they sold out. Oh, Vibram yeah. was there selling. It was the whole thing. And I, I was really impressed that they actually had wanted to have a message with it, you know, well, but I'll you, tell you, you can't get, you can't make people listen. I'll tell you being on the other side of that. Now they got really burned by that. Because fitting that product was very time-consuming and challenging. Yeah. Um, I mean, ironically, had they fit my feet, I would have never started Zero Shoes. But I kept trying them on every six months for a couple of years. Like It's like when you go to the fridge late at night and you don't find what you want. And you come back five minutes later like it's a psychic right. replicator. Yeah. Um, so I kept trying them and they never fit my feet. It's like, ah, screw it. But right. the interesting thing is because they had a bad experience selling a lot of those products, taking a lot of time and getting a lot of returns. Now they're saying, well, you know, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not so sure. And ironically what's happening. We, so REI just has picked us up starting in 2019 and has expanded their commitment to us every season because we sell better than almost anything they have. And so right. they're telling, they're telling the story that people don't want these products. And then they put the products in just to test it. And what the people say is, oh my God, we need more of those. And so I'm hoping that the tides will turn within the next year or two and people will start to, there'll be a meeting of the minds again, because what we're doing, this is the point that I always love to make. Sorry about talking about me, but you know, all we're doing is getting out of the way. I mean, we're not doing anything special. Or when someone says, well, people don't want, you know, like low flat shoes. I want, do you sell flip-flops? They go, yeah, same thing, but better for you. It's like, Oh, okay. Or we had, we have a couple of sandals for women and we went to this one store. They said, well, um, women don't want something like that. At which point we watched like five women come in in flats that were way worse than ours. It's like, (laughs) there they are. Try these on them. So this is just my rant about what happened in that. Oh, those halcyon days when shoe companies were terrified that no one was ever going to buy another pair of shoes again. And that's really what made all of everything that happened since happen since. Um, And everything that happened then I, this I'm going to keep ranting for a second. I had the VP of marketing of a, of a major footwear brand who was selling a lot of quote barefoot shoes. They're horrible. They never fit my feet either. Telling me that they were going to stop promoting that product, even though the sales were doubling year after year because, Why? because they couldn't sell that story along with the story of all their big cushion shoes at the same time. Right. All right. So it's like, we you know, it's kind of like just for fun. I was at Dick's sporting goods and they had free gate analysis. So I told the kid, all right, you know, Watch me run. So he sold me. I pronated and I should buy these. I don't know. I can't remember the shoe. Yeah. So I said, you know, why should I buy that shoe? And he goes, because my manager said we had a whole bunch of them. <laughs> we need to get rid of them. <laughs> oh, my God. But he was totally honest. You know, a 17-year-old yeah, got- kid. I'm giving you a free gate analysis. I'm a big fan of rewarding honesty. When I lived in New York City, um, when people, when there was some guys who were beggars on my corner and they'd ask me for money all the time. And I, first of all, I said to them, I'm not going to give you money. So if you have a good joke that I've never heard, I'll give you a dollar. But keep in mind, I'm a professional comedian. So the bar is pretty high. And if I, if you give me one that I've never heard and I give you back one that you haven't heard, you have to give me the dollar back. So that was, that was deal number one. But after the guy realized that was never going to make money, I said, I'll give you money if you're honest with me. So he says, okay, uh, can you give me some money? I said, why? He goes, I want to go buy some booze. I said, yep, here's five bucks. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> or I also uh, gave money to people who uh, gave me good stories. Um, can you, I need some money? How come my wife jumped off the Brooklyn bridge and I got to buy scuba gear to find her. Here's five yeah. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Um, one day it was literally, you know, can I get some money? How come? Cause you know, that other lady beggar who's on the other corner. I said, yeah, because she said she'll have sex with me for five bucks. Here's five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll make a day. <laughs> now, you know, again, I'm not rewarding the behavior. I was rewarding right. the honesty. It's like, I'm a big fan. So, you know, my manager told me if people would just do that, like if people would just say, I'm telling you what the guy who, who sold me these shoes told me to tell you, the world would change. Right. Well, and I also laugh because like, People will sign up and pay so much money for a t-shirt, you know, like I'm going to do this marathon because I'm going to get this t-shirt, you know, this victory, even if I suffer the entire way through, you know, and then when you say things like, no, really, it's fun and you can feel your feet, you know, in the beginning, I think you're nuts, but also like the more I meet people, especially because now with the pandemic, my membership is international. So now I know it's not just right here in America, oh, yeah. or even in my little bubble of Texas, right? Like for years, I taught one place, one city, like every other trainer. So this is also where I'm probably one of the few people in the pose world that does this. But I was, you know, for a long time in one city, teaching my Saturday morning class, trying to teach, trying to spread the word. I really worked hard to network in my town. And because I wasn't in the top of the racing world of the town, People really thought, well, who is she? So I actually took a year and raced. Oh, wow. And so I got faster. So I said, because it really does work. And I'm not some crazy athlete, but I got from an 830 mile to a 630 at 30 years, at 30 something years of age, no improvement in VO2 in my flat, crazy shoes. Right. So then people started to kind of listen to me more. And so anyway, then when I started going into the world of the internet and making the videos in the beginning, it really was a lot of giggling and people like, oh my gosh, who are you? How fast do you run? What races have you won? And I just kept saying, it's not about that. It's about what I can do for you. It's Mm -hmm. how you can feel. And I still put, so anyway, now I'm on the, the big internet. I get so much positive feedback. I can't even tell you people just saying, you know what? I just was thinking of pulling and my feet hurt less. You know, and that's what I do it for. I don't do it for the person that wants to be rude. (laughs) And I feel like that's the message that's shifting. I think so many people don't realize there's a way to learn how to run. And it feels prohibitive because I don't want to join a running group where I don't have a, and also like, I don't deserve a coach. Like that's for athletes. That's for professional runners. But if you go to a gym, you'll hire a personal trainer and not think twice about it. Just like you said, golf coach, swim coach, everything else. Anything. But then running, yeah, I will spend a ton of money on shoes and I sign up for this five hundred dollars race and do nothing to try to you know. Help. And, and and then when you hurt, you go to the PT, you go to whatever the Cairo, and what do they say? Either stop running, right? Try a different sport, or you know. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's usually it. It's like you know I'm riding a bike now because I can't run. Well, you can run. No, nah, yeah. I can't. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. But- I know. The answer for something about, you know, why are you coaching or you're not fast enough, whatever it is, it's like Usain Bolt's coach, uh, Glenn Mills can't sprint. Right. You know, I mean, there are advantages to being someone who can do it, but there's no requirement that there's, and there's certainly no connection between being able to do it and being able to teach it. 
Right. So some people can teach it and they can't do it for various reasons. And other people can do it and they can't teach it for more reasons, frankly. And so it, it is kind of a funny thing about credibility that way. But the good news is, you know, with what you've been doing, you're getting enough people who are having results that the results speak for themselves. It's not about you having to answer for that. The results. Right. And then I can, my, my inspirational story is here I am 20 something years later and I can still run. If I want to run distance, I can, if I don't, I don't, but I've no injuries. And you're right. It becomes where the person is coming to me now. That's like, I just want to be able to run. So I'm happy about that for sure. And thank you so much for having me on. I'm just excited to have no, yeah. no, total, total pleasure. And as we always do, when I have these conversations, we veer off into wherever we veer, but I hope people understood the gist of what we we're talking about. Um, and also I hope to get some insight into just what it is to be on the ground doing this and how that evolves, because being on the other side of that is someone who uh, I'm imagining someone who's on the other side who might not think about coaching or not understand how that works. I hope that gave them some insight that would inspire them to reach out and get some help to make it better. Cause there's always a way of getting a little better of doing the things that will keep you from getting injured in any significant way. And more importantly, having more fun. So if people want to do that by getting involved with you, please tell mm-hmm. them how to do that. Sure. And by the way, what I would start with me, cause I have like 12 years of videos, <laughs> but I put together a, it's free on, on, on YouTube, on RunRx YouTube. It's a 30 day reboot. And it's like three minutes of a a little demo video that you can just take out to practice. And so it's a very fun way to have fun with your running. And I've had so many people go through it and say to me, I did all 30 videos in one day. (laughs) They got excited to see what, and if I can just give you the thought of the feeling, the fall, thinking about pulling, it is a lot of fun. And then of course you can always come in the membership and let me see your run Mm. when you're really ready. Okay. So on YouTube, they can find you RunRx. Um, RunRx.com as well. I'm taking it. It's actually RunRx.fit. Oh, RunRx.fit. Even more fun. But it'll redirect you. But And then I have RunRx Instagram and RunRx Facebook. Awesome. Well, Valerie, once again, total, total pleasure. I'm really looking forward to what's next. And for everyone else, thank you for being here. If you want to um, find out more, you know where to find Valerie. If you want to find out more about what we've done on the Movement Movement podcast, which I've been doing for a while now, it's kind of crazy. Go to jointhemovementmovement.com. That's www.jointhemovementmovement.com. You don't have to join anything. There's no, this is not a cult of any sort other than the cult (laughs) of the truth, if you will. And uh, um, you can sign up to get advanced notice, not advanced notice, to hear about new episodes. You can find the previous episodes. You can find all the different places to interact with us. If you have any questions, anybody you want to recommend for being on the show, uh, if you want to tell me that my head is firmly up my butt, whatever, I don't care, um, drop me an email, you know, move at jointhemovementmovement.com. I'll warn you though, if you look on our on YouTube, the people who tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about, I just respond back with all the research and they've never replied after that. Right. So, um, <laughs> it's kind of entertaining. But most importantly, please, Please go out, have fun, and life feet first.